Welcome, my friends, to the show that never ends. This is the Red Bull Ram Podcast, the official Red Bull Podcast of SB Nation and What's a Metro. I'm your host, Jason Ipico. I'm Pat McDonald. I'm Truman. I kind of hope this show does end at some point. And this is episode 136, Red Bull Mania 2-1. to one. This show will never end. You guys are my slaves now. Just throwing that out there. Well, I, I just meant like tonight. I meant like tonight. I hope it ends. Well, we have to sleep sometime. I mean, I can't work you to death. That's just mean. That's shit to do. Like, uh, go through a bye week with no Red Bull game? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty Second much. bye week in five yeah, weeks. Up. You think that happened before? <laughs> have we had a bye week already? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I think we've had three. I mean, did we even play? Oh, well, we had to. We have a game. Why, we, why about, are we doing right? even a show? Is this like oh, the we si- do? Oh. Is this like yeah, the sixth sense? Is this real life? <laughs> had, the Red, had the Red Bulls been dead the whole time? I think so. Well, it certainly doesn't feel like uh, real life because the Red Bulls are on a three-game unbeaten streak to start the season. It's the first time since Ooh. 2007, I think, that they got this off to a uh, start like this. Uh, actually, before I get into that, before I forget, uh, help su- help us help support the show by going to patreon.com slash rbr. And donate to the show it's on a monthly basis. If you donate $5 a month, you will get a producer credit on our show. And there's nothing mm. more prestigious than that. Seriously. The the most professional podcast, you get to be a producer. Just think of that. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, the Red Bulls went into Columbus to Matt mm-hmm. Free Stadium. Mm-hmm. Go on. Do you, do you just want to say, Truman? I know you're going to. Explain. Go ahead. Continue. <laughs> So they went into Columbus to Matt Free Stadium uh, to take on the crew. Uh, crew SC, technically, because uh, apparently that's what they're called now, is Columbus Crew SC, not just the Columbus crew. Um, some goals were scored by both sides, and the Rebels came out victorious. Hmm. Hmm. Some some goals? How many how many goals were scored in that game, Jay? How many? How many I don't know, Truman. How many? How many? Mm. I, think, uh, I think the Red Bulls scored two, and Columbus scored one, and I was right again! I'm on an unbeaten streak. Oh, that's right. I'm killing it. I am killing it. Truman's on a three-game point streak and was one DC United goal away from being perfect through three games. Wow. (sighs) Beautiful. Don't worry. It won't last. I'm the fucking Undertaker, baby. I win when I should. Hopefully, we'll get to (laughs) (laughs) 21-0. If you get if you get to twenty one straight games of points, that's just ridiculous. And I I'm, I'm gonna call it quits. We're done at that point. I'd be happy because the fucking Red Bulls would be in first place by forty points. I'd be happy yeah. that I'd be happy they'd be that far ahead, but I'd be sad about you being that far ahead in the point in the, the prediction thing. I would just end it there. <laughs> wow, you know, like Truman. <laughs> I know, like losing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, two one victory for the Red Bulls. Um, goals by Bradley Wright Phillips, which is off a penalty kick. Uh, Mike Grello, which was, had to be, like, I think it's 30 or 35 yards. Uh, maybe it was an intentional chip, maybe unintentional. I don't know about that part, but uh, chip of Steve Clark off a turnover. Uh, former Red Bull, uh, two to one. So let's get into this with our dislikes. Pat, you can go first. What did you dislike about this match? Uh. Not really a whole lot to dislike. I mean, I guess the only thing really would be is that, uh, you know, Anthony Wallace went to sleep on, uh, you know, 
that goal against uh, that Tony Chani scored. Um, he just completely lost him. Um, I mean, he wasn't helped by Matt Miazga not exactly clearing it, but um, you know, I think that was more if you know he had stuck with his man. Uh, you know, we would never would have had to sweat anything in this game. So uh, that's the big one. Uh, I hope. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I hope he can round into form come Gold Cup because he's going to have to be relied upon by, by that point. But um, yeah, right now that's my big dislike of this game, and really my only dislike. It's exactly what I have right here. Is it's Anthony Wallace losing Tony Chani? <laughs> uh, the only good part about it is that. Tony Chani was a Red Bull draft pick, so at least if someone was going to score and the Red Bull still ended up winning, at least it was a good guy, a uh, really nice person, former Red Bull player. So, I mean, kudos to him, and uh, Red Bull still, you know, ended up winning. But, yeah, I just – boy, Wallace was just – I don't know what he was doing there. I really have no idea. Everybody was ball watching. Every player was running towards that ball, and no one saw him go all the other way, so – Great, yeah, great game. That's really the only complaint I have. I mean, you kind of, uh, you can blame Wallace, but in fairness to him, he hasn't started, I think it was four years, is what they said. Yeah. Um, he was signed literally the day before the game, so I mean, I, I don't know. Did he receive a paycheck? I, I would hope so. <laughs> well, then do your fucking job. <laughs> um, my dislike is going to be Kai Kamara putting Luis Robles into the post and not even getting a yellow card for it. I don't care if it's intentional or not. You can't uh, – if you're protecting the goalkeeper, how do you let him get away with that at all? It just doesn't make sense to me. And don't get me wrong, the refs did a, a decent job for most of the game, but that was just yeah. – I mean, the, the rules are there to protect the goalkeeper. And Kamara, for whatever he was trying to not go into that, did stick his leg out towards Robles and looked at him. So it wasn't like he didn't know he was going to be there. Yeah, he knew. He knew. He was just hoping to give him a little jostle and get that ball loose. That's all. He knew what he was doing. You guys said it, not me. All right. Um. So predictions, like Truman already bragged about, he got it two one. The only other person to get any points in this game was Pat, who predicted a win. Yeah, points. Nobody else predicted a win. No, everybody else predicted draws or losses. You guys are idiots. Yeah. Columbus patience. is not that fucking good right now. Come on, come on. Have some As a Red Bulls. Have the Red Bulls ever gone to Columbus and got their asses kicked? Has that ever happened? Have the Red Bulls ever let you down before? Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. You know, I'm sorry. It was the third week. Sorry. The fourth week of the season, the Red Bulls are in the third game ever this year. So I was, I thought that it was a possibility for 1-1, especially with Columbus coming off a draw. I mean, off a week, a bye week, not having to play. Ooh. Wah. If I knew the midfield was going to boss it, boss it again like they did against D.C., I would probably would have won uh, victory also. But, you know, only so much I can predict. Mm-hmm. Make excuses. I will make as many fucking excuses as I want. It's my goddamn show. <laughs> How many times have we talked about this shit? I, I don't like... Know your place. I don't like Tyrant, Jason. <laughs> know your place, Pat. Know your place. My place is to make jokes. Your, your place to make jokes that I approve of. Mm-hmm. Someone right. needs to call James Franco and Seth Rogen because the dictator is completely in the house right now. <laughs> That's a terrible joke. Good. We've just, we've just, terrible. the Red Bull rant has just been uh, placed on North Korea's watch list. <laughs> I thought, were we already on it? I think we were on it already. Yeah. Maybe uh, not. Probably. 
Maybe. I'm going to look into that. All right. Let's move on um, for our likes of the game. Pat, you can go first. What did you like about this one? I think it would have to be Mike's Grella's sweet, sexy, uh, badass chip shot from however many yards out. I mean, you know, what a goal for the thousandth goal in uh, team history. Um, you know, it was uh, it was just pretty. Um, you know, if that's the sign of things to come out of him, that and that's great. Uh, you know, especially since Salzizo had did not have the best of matches, uh, botching two uh, chances. So, um, you know, it, it's you know I, I've always you know considering he was uh, he you know to this time over in Europe, I, I always had a feeling that maybe he was going to slide in under the radar for us, and um, I'm hoping this is a sign of things to come. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like, you know, it, that's, it takes confidence to take a shot like that, and he did it. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah, Mike Gorilla. Boy, Macklemore. And that was, he, <laughs> he Drift just shot, came into the game. And that was his first touch. Yeah. First touch of the game. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I mean, that was, there was no doubt that was an intentional uh, chip shot, 100%. Because, I mean, you watch the way he actually, you know, kicked the ball. It was, it was so nice. And, of course, since I had to watch it via Columbus uh, announcers, <laughs> they were completely, that guy was completely stunned that went in, <laughs> which is super, super hilarious. Um, but since you're going to mention, I'm going to talk about a Frick Patty kick. Uh my like is Rico Iguain with the most second yellow player and getting sent off. I think he still sees Thierry Henry in his nightmares. I think somehow Thierry being on the team and driving him crazy and he can't get it out of his head that Henry is retired and gone. And he's just going to keep doing stupid things when he plays this team. But that was one of the dumbest. I mean, that was really, really dumb. That was uh, almost Josie Altador level dumb. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> well, I would say this. I would actually say this was a dumb play because it wasn't a game that actually matters. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But just as what Josie did. But, uh, so that will be my like is Iguain just being a complete dummy. My like is going to be on the play where the penalty kick happened. When Columbus turned the ball over, there was a four-man line for the Red Bulls going down, going towards goal, and it was like a four-on-three or something like that. The the fact that we were able to get so many men forward so quickly was just something I really hope we can continue throughout the year because we we ran that play, or not that play, but that that kind of thing happened against DC, and Lloyd Sam scored that amazing you know near side goal. I mean, it, and I think uh, in the in the Kansas City match, we probably had something similar to Felipe Martin's uh, flubbed the shot or something like that, but it seems to be that the Red Bulls' high-pressure offense is, or high-pressure defense is doing really well so far, and I'm hoping that can continue. Yeah, that goal is exactly what they had planned. That's what they talked about. Create havoc in the midfield, get that turnover, and counterattack really quickly. That's exactly what happened. And I, I, I mean, Sam actually probably could have shot that ball a little bit sooner. But hey, I'll, I'll take it. I will always take that penalty kick opportunity. Yeah, really liking the way this high pressure uh, offense defense is looking uh, right now. Um, you know, it's some of the best soccer so far that we've seen the team play in a long time. So uh, 
I'm definitely a fan, that's for sure. The Rebel app. <laughs> Pastor's trying to intimidate everybody. That, that's just come at me, bro. Rebel app. They clearly didn't know what they were doing. Yeah, I mean, we've only got seven points within three games, so, yeah. I mean, come on. We're not perfect. Should be, should have nine points, yeah. Well, I mean, Felipe Martins could have put some stuff away, so. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for that. All right. Um, so that's it for Columbus. Uh, that's right, that's it. That's it. That's it for Columbus. And, uh. They're done. We do, we do have a guest segment. Uh, we'll have a third segment too. Not much to talk about since there's no game this week for the Bulls. But uh, ah, yeah, uh, blame Montreal and Don Garber. If Montreal doesn't win, they can go fuck themselves. Well, it's first legs. So we can't Jake, blame did you, just, this one. did you just say uh, blame Canada? I believe I said that. Yes. Blame Canada. All right, I'll blame Canada. I, I wish I had the uh, soundbite for it, but yes, I think I said that. That's okay. That's all right. All that hockey hullabaloo and that bitch Aunt Mary too. If you're gonna We're sing just the song, outro to do Flame it. Canada. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, with that, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna have on with us from onceametro.com, Aaron Bauer to talk about uh, USL and New York Rebels too. So we'll be back with more Rebel rant right after this. Welcome back to the Red Bull Rant. Today we want to welcome onto the show from onceametro.com. He is one of the guys that I have there covering uh, New York Red Bulls 2, the USL team associated with the New York Red Bulls, Mr. Aaron Bauer. Aaron, welcome to the show. Glad to, glad to have me. Um, I hate the sound of my own voice, so this will be interesting to hear tomorrow, but I uh, <laughs> always love to talk sports. <laughs> well, The trick is to idea. never listen to it. That's the trick is to never listen to the show afterwards. That's what I do. Yeah, there's that. The, the only uh, time I listen to myself is when I make a uh, correct game prediction, like when I say the Red Bulls are going to win 2-1 over the Columbus crew, that I listen to it like five times. See, i got to transcribe a ton of interviews for work. And when I'm doing them, it's just painful. Like, I'm, I'm doing all this work, and then I have to listen to myself ask these dumb questions. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm used to it. All right, well, let's get into the reason you're here. Yeah. New York, New York Red Bulls 2, the USL uh, affiliate team, whatever you want to call them, of the New York Red Bulls. For those of our listeners who don't know why this team exists, walk, walk us through the reasoning behind the Red Bulls creating the USL team. Um, basically, it's because MLS told them they had to. <laughs> um, well, sort of. They told them that they had to have an affiliate club. So USL... Um, formerly known as USL Pro, is the uh, Division Three league in American soccer. It's a step below the North American Soccer League. And the le- MLS had been negotiating with both the NASL and USL Pro, I think around the same time, of trying to create sort of not like a minor league system, but an affiliate system. So they signed an agreement with USL last year, and L.A., actually was the first team to have its own affiliate team, but like being a reserve team owned by the MLS club. But essentially it's 
every MLS team either has to have their own reserve team playing in USL or have an affiliate team so that they can send players on loan down to USL to get them playing time and essentially provide a link between the academy and the MLS squad. Because a, a lot of these MLS teams have great academies. Like, we know how great the Red Bulls Academy is at producing and finding talent. But the problem is in the United States, there isn't really a link between the academy level and professional soccer unless you go through college soccer and you know how sometimes talent can stall in the NCAA. And that system is not bad, but it's not perfect. So the le- MLS is trying to come up with a new way to allow younger players to get playing time rather than just not necessarily making the 18-man squad for an MLS team and just sitting around and training. Did, did you panic like every other single person on earth was panicking about uh, even getting a roster together for the first game? I, I, I mean, I wasn't panicked, but I've learned very quickly in covering this team that things will get announced when they get announced. And you know what? There was absolutely zero way it was just going to be Tyler Adams out on the field against Rochester, although that would have been kind of hilarious to watch, um, unfortunately for his sake, because he is a very promising young player, but to see just one man out on the field against Rochester would be kind of funny. Um, I mean, the whole, I, I, it's tough to describe because it seems like everything had been going on behind the scenes and everything was known. And I guess for me as a journalist, it's like, well, I guess I wasn't asking the right questions and I didn't do my job and, like, didn't look in the right places because, like, clearly this had been assembled. It just was hastily handled to the league because I think, I don't know, maybe maybe this they didn't realize how hard of an operation it is to run a franchise. Like, the Red Bulls were the last team to establish their own reserve team in USL before this season. It came together in, like, November it, everything is very last minute, so the roster being assembled at the last minute really wasn't a surprise. So, uh, for the record, there's a little like inside baseball stuff here. Um, I, I mentioned obviously that I'm the managing editor of Once a Metro. Uh, on fr- last Friday, when the roster was announced, I believe it was like the roster was announced <clears throat> either like late morning or early afternoon, and a good like 20 to 30 minutes was. Uh, me, uh, Aaron here, Lester, who's our other USL guy, and uh, Austin Fido, like, trying to organize the coverage <laughs> of the roster. Because it just, like, came out all at once, except for, like, a few people who kind of leaked themselves on Twitter. So it's it was a pretty crazy situation. Um, but let's kind of get into the roster. Um, there are some unique rules with MLS. Um, particularly about the academy players and uh, loanees from MLS teams. Uh, Take us a little bit through that so people understand what's going on in that respect. Yeah, so there's three types of players that can be on a reserve team roster in USL. There are five spots for academy players that will be able to play and get a stipend and interact in a professional manner but not sign professional contract, and this is important so that these academy players maintain their NCAA eligibility, because a lot of them are high school seniors right now going to college in the fall. So they'll play um, about, you know, two-thirds of the season, and then they'll go off to their NCAA team. And the Red Bulls have used all five of those slots. Um, 
then there are about 11 USL contracts. And there are two types of people that are signing USL contracts. There are guys that are, you know, trying to get noticed by MLS teams um, and trying to make the jump and restart their career. A lot of them went to lower-level clubs in Europe. You know, they were on the U.S. U23 team and kind of stalled around there. Um, they were at academy players that didn't sign homegrown contracts, for example, so they go to different USL teams. And then there are also the Red Bulls. Um, I mentioned Tyler Adams. He is an academy player. Um, he's actually 16 and signed a professional contract. So he gave up all college eligibility, and now he signed a USL contract with the Red Bulls and is a fully professional player. And I would not be surprised, you know, since the Red Bulls, I guess, I don't know if this is still a thing in MLS because their rules are so ridiculous. Since he's on their USL team, I believe they have the, their discovery rights. So he can be signed by the Red Bulls um, and only the Red Bulls unless they waive him. Um, so that's a huge step for the organization because this is a clear link where a standout academy player now gets a professional contract and can go fast track to the MLS team. He could sign with the Red Bulls at any point now, I think this year or next year. He's 16. So that's huge. And then um, we learned that um, there's a pool of up to 12 players that are being considered to be loaned down to the USL squad at any time. And that, that'll change very week to week. And as Jesse Marsh has mentioned in interviews and other podcasts, that it just creates a lot of paperwork, um, which I'm glad I'm not doing and I just have to look out for. Uh, besides guys like um, Leo Stoltz, who's, you know, being loaned, uh, Obacop, who, well, we really don't know anything about him because the guy barely played anyway. Uh, talk about maybe like two or three players that fans should actually look out for, people who could actually come up and contribute maybe to the roster even this year, maybe halfway through the season or during like Gold Cup time or injury time. Just just a few players that fans probably don't know about that they should just keep an eye for. I mean, the players you're going to want to look out for are any MLS player that gets loaned down. So young guys like Obagop, Stoles, Sean Davis, um, Anatola Bang, um, Menolo Sanchez, and Sean McClaws, who were the other draft picks. And then look out for the academy kids. Um, this is really the only time you're going to get to see someone like Derek Etienne play unless we're watching the CONCACAF U20 championships. You know, he's a really highly rated player in the academy. And if you watch the first game, he came on in about the 58th, 59th minute, and he made a really big impact in the last 30 minutes. So he's someone to look out for. Um, Marcello Borges came on around minute 39, is another academy player, and looked to be standout. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. The only USL player that I could, like right now, after one game of the season, see eventually being signed by the Red Bulls is uh, Colin Heffron. He played for Dartmouth. Um, he is a left back, center back, I guess can play left mid. Um, and he was on trial with them in the preseason and didn't make the MLS squad. He's someone that, you know, he, he was the only New York Red Bulls two player to make the team of the week last week of USL. He's someone that was clearly on MLS team's radar and then, like, was one of the few trialists that didn't get signed in the preseason. So if, you know, the team desperately needs someone around the Gold Cup, as you mentioned, the team has like five or six left backs, but you saw, um, you know, 
in Columbus when everyone was gone for international duty, we had Anthony, I think it was Anthony Wallace starting, right? Yeah, we had Anthony Wallace. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, like, they went to their, like, fifth or we already gave him sixth the business or guy. So, yeah, I, I would say Colin Heffron is a guy to watch out for as a USL signing that could make the jump to the New York Red Bulls. So this past Saturday, they got a scoreless draw to open the season uh, with Rochester. Uh, what was your take on the game? Do you think it was just uh, a lack of cohesion being thrown together so soon? Do you think this team uh, has uh, plenty of room for improvement? Um, I think the team always has room for improvement, and I would be remiss if I ever took an individual result to mean something. I think the biggest takeaway from this is it's a developmental squad. Results aren't going to matter. You know, look at playing time. By the end of the game, there were four academy players on the field together in a professional match. Like, that's huge for the future of this organization. It's also, you know, I mean, guys like Heffron and another um, guy by the last name, Sonis, could be a project, you know, that could make an impact. You know, guys like Marius Overkop, Manolo Sanchez got playing time. It's just the main thing to take away is the Red Bulls are using this team to grow young, very talented players and keep them on their radar. Give some guys chances that haven't gotten them in MLS. And give guys on the bench playing time. You know, Leo still has played 90 minutes. Hasn't cracked the, 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 the lineup as a sub for the first two games. So that's, that's things to take away. I don't really care who scores, what the results are. You know, Santiago Castaño isn't playing in a reserve league that we don't know anything about. You see him in a professional match. That's the takeaways. You know, you speak of uh, Castano, and uh, I have to bring this up. I mean, what what do you think of him? And for those of you who didn't watch the game, um, I don't know if there's a highlight of it out there. I know, well, I think it was in the second half. I don't remember. It was like late in the first half, early second half. Him coming off his line, like halfway out to mid, like a quarter of the way out of his box. Like, what what was he thinking on that play? He's not sure if he's a sweeper keeper or just a regular keeper. He's not sure what to do. I think he's very young. He's 20. Like, he's very young for a goalkeeper, especially for a position whose prime is a lot later than other um, positions. I I think he's just young and inexperienced, and I think he just needs to figure out who he is. He didn't make any easy saves against Rochester, and that's – Good because he can make those acrobatic saves, but bad because he is forced to make those saves because, like you mentioned, he's constantly out of position. Well, that's something I think always, you know, that's why you're on this team and not the big team is that these are the things that they're obviously going to work on. Exactly. And he can work on that in a match against other professionals rather than just in training behind closed doors. Um, you know, with with the the senior team for s- several years, uh, they never relied on, you know, a, a USL team, obviously. They never really relied on the, the young guys. I mean, how many draft picks have we seen just go away or, you know, several academy kids go away because they never used them? Have the Red Bulls finally gotten on the right track for building a complete organization? Um, I would hope so. You know, you always hope so. I think the moves that they've made – even though they seem very rushed and not necessarily put together, have been very good with regards to the USL squad. Um, I think, you know, being forced to do something like this is going to do more 
good than harm for the organization. You know, I, I, I really do wonder if they would have created something like this eventually. I, I think they would because this had been discussed, but being kind of mandated by MLS to do so really is having a lot of unintended benefits that I don't know if we would have gotten for a few more years. So, it's, I, you know, with, with the Red Bulls, you never can tell. You know, you never can tell their intentions. So I want to say that I hope so, and I think we're seeing some very good things come out of this. But who knows if they would have done this if MLS didn't make them. With a, uh, you know, a youth uh, system not at all dissimilar from German, the Germany youth system at this point, uh, do you think the United States is going to win the 2018 or the 2022 World Cup? Um, I think we're going to win every World Cup for the rest of humanity. That's what um, I want to hear. I think we're we're going to do so in spite of a certain manager we have, and we'll we'll get smart and bring back a certain manager we need to, and then you know we'll just keep winning regardless. But no, I think I think the United States is it's it's that's that's a really interesting point to bring up because I think the U.S. is trying. And when you have such a, like, soccer is such a cheap sport to play, but the problem is the United States, like, everyone is always trying to make money off everything. So it's, it's, U.S. development is, I could go on and on about this and rail on the club system, but I, th- I think MLS academies are a good start. But I think, like, if the U.S. truly wants to win a World Cup, they need to make access, like, lower the cost access to high club soccer in the U.S. And then we can truly, truly start uh, seeing us winning a World Cup like eight years from now. You know, someday, someday, someday. it's gonna happen. We're uh, too my, big for it not my, to happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my final question for you regarding uh, Red Bull Two uh, season comes to an end. Decent year. You're getting ready for New Year. You and only you can pick a new name for this team. What is their new God. name? Oh God! Um, I really like Metro FC or Metro SC. You know, I, I think bringing the Metro name into it somehow would would do like wonders for the fan base, wonders for the team, and I think it would really just show the identity of the club and what it cares about. It's just soccer in this area and what it started out as. All right, uh, let's move on to the last thing. Um, so the New York New York Rebels two have their second game of the year. Uh, this coming Saturday, uh, 3.30 p.m. start time at Red Bull Arena. Um, if you can make it, uh, tickets are, I'm sure, really cheap. And, uh, $10. $10. And, and a bunch of people get in for free, apparently. Like, if you're a season ticket holder for the Red Bulls, you get it for free. If you're a supporter, club member, apparently you get in for free. So, I mean, it, it, you have, like, it, it's going to be, like, one of the cheapest games you go to all year at this rate. Um, but anyway... Game is at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, if you can't make it, you can watch live on uh, it's NewYorkRedBulls.com slash live, I believe. But uh, let's yeah. And they're playing uh, Toronto FC, too. So they're playing the Toronto FC's uh, USL team. Uh, give us a little bit of a preview for that game. Um, based on the limited conversation I've had with the guy who runs um, Waking the Red, which is the Toronto FC blog, Toronto seems to play a 4-3-3 system, so it's going to be happening in their youth team as well. Um, that's a very up-tempo, high-pressure system, not unlike what the Red Bulls play, in just a different formation. 
um, which the Red Bulls can, if they really wanted to, shift up to a 4-3-3. Um, I think it'll be it'll be a bunch of young guys getting opportunity to play. So it's going to be some rough, not the prettiest soccer you're going to see, but it's going to be a lot of names on the field that you will see in MLS in the next two to four years. So go out and watch some young kids play soccer and enjoy yourself. Like it's a $10 game. And as you mentioned, there are tons of opportunities to get free tickets. And what else? Like we have a bye week this week, so what else are you going to do? Nothing. We're, we're going to be talking about that a little bit later. But the, and on top of all this, Red Bull Arena now allows you to bring in a clear plastic bag. I think it's a gallon-sized uh, Ziploc bag with food in it. So you don't even have to pay for concessions if you know what you're doing. I think I'll bring some malt hey, liquor. <laughs> well, liquor's, liquor's not allowed, Pat, unfortunately. They, they, no, they realize, I, I they realize, tell me what I can bring when I can't bring it. They, they realize how much money they lose on that, so that's why they're not going to let you bring it in. Bring my liquor. Plus, plus they know with Lent ending for you, it's going to be like floodgates opening. So, all right. Um, before we let you go, Aaron, yeah, where can people find you on the internet? You know, Twitter, uh, obviously, onesemetro.com, uh, is where you covered New York Red Bulls too. But where else can people find you online? I mean, I am always on Twitter, and my Twitter feed is awful. Don't follow it. You will just be disappointed with the stuff that I tweet, except for my Once a Metro articles. Um, and that is at a Bauer underscore ATR, and the ATR stands for Around the Rings, which is the website I write for daily. That is the day job, and um, I am an Olympic journalist. So if you want to read some high quality content, and content is awesome about the Olympics, um, I would say check out our website. A lot of the stuff is behind the paywall, but not everything. And every click you guys give enhances my paycheck or ensures my paycheck comes in on time every two weeks. There you go. <laughs> no, no bigger motivation Finally, than paychecks. Can, can I get a Go Pioneers? Yo, Go Pioneers. Boom. Is this another New Providence? New Providence Pioneers? Is this what we're talking about? That's what we're talking about. My dad is a graduate, so I figured no I'd throw way. it out there. Yep. High school class of 2009 here, making you guys feel old, no offense. You can take the boy out of New Providence, but you can't take the New Providence out of him. I, I made their uh, anti-Trump climbing video. <laughs> I'm making another one this year. Yay! <laughs> so apparently I'm the only one with no link to New Providence. Yeah, so get the hell out of here! Which hey, is, which is really surprising because there's like 11,000 people and no one knows where it is. <laughs> so this is a shock to me. <laughs> we want to make you feel at home, that's all. I appreciate it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, we'll definitely have Aaron back on at points throughout the year to give us updates on New York Rebels 2. Um, but for now, if you want to follow our coverage on Once Metro, it's oncemetro.com slash nyrb Two. That's NYRB and the number two. Um, that is the specific hub or section, whatever I figure what the terminology is, but that's our specific section of the website for uh, the USL coverage. And you can read his stuff, Lester's stuff, uh, whatever else we throw up there. Um, and uh, Aaron, thank you for taking time out to come on. I know I kind of forced you on it since I wanted to do it last week and Things just didn't work out, but thank you for making time to come on this week. Um, no problem. I had a blast. Always happy to come on. Let me know whenever you need me. Uh, we will. 
<laughs> All right, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll have a little bit more Red Bull rant for you guys right after this. Welcome back to Rebel Rant. Once again, I want to thank uh, Aaron for coming on the show. Uh, like I said, oncemetro.com slash NYRB2 for our coverage of the USL team. Uh, we have one listener email, and then we're going to talk a little bit of wrestling again, see how we did with our WrestleMania uh, Yeah, uh, so finally. The email comes in from uh, Robert, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to fuck the name up, so I'm sorry in advance. Uh he is. I know he is Celestix on Twitter, um, but I think it's Saliento. I'm pretty sure I screwed that up, so I'm sorry. Celentano. Yeah, I'd say Celentano. You know what? I, I'm Italian. I should fucking get that. I really yeah. should. Oh, the shame. All right, anyway, he says, <clears throat> with the bye week this weekend for the New York Red Bulls, what will you guys be watching? I know I'm going to catch the Cosmos season opener. Uh, I would say you shouldn't go see the Cosmos because you have NYRB2 at Red Bull Arena for practically nothing. I, yeah. I know it's the Cosmos, Absolutely. but we have USL action for pretty much nothing. And if the first USL game is anything to go by, you can have pretty much any seat in the house you want. I wonder if the leather, leather ones are open. What, what was that? I wonder if the leather ones are open. Uh, I don't know. So? The, the yeah. camera did not show that side of the field, so I can't tell you. They only had, like, one or two cameras at Red Bull Arena that day, so you didn't get to see much in terms of the seats anyway. Yeah. But uh, I'll be watching that game because you can watch it online. It's uh, NewYorkRebels.com slash live, and it's on their YouTube channel also. Um, and there are, there are MLS games this weekend. Uh, I don't think they're necessarily any great ones, but there are some of those if you want to watch them. So uh, what are you guys watching this weekend? I, I'm going to – I have to work on Saturday, but – Maybe I'll sneak out and go to that game if and uh, if not, I'm going to be watching. Uh, I believe Liverpool Arsenal is Saturday, so I will more than likely be watching that. Uh, a friend who I will not name. You should you be quiet. Your team sucks. <laughs> uh, a friend who I'll, I will not name, uh, but his nickname is uh, something you see that's yellow, has four wheels, and drives around New York City a lot. <laughs> Uh, he gave me his MLS Live account, so I'll likely be watching games on my phone or location. Plenty, plenty of soccer to watch. That's for sure. Wait, There's wait, definitely not wait. a lot of soccer on, uh, on Saturday. Kimar Lawrence gave you his MLS Live account. Man, that guy is very gracious. He is. He's a sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be I'll be taking in uh, New York Rumble too. I don't know if I'll be going to the game. I might um, if I can find somebody to go with. Um, actually, I'm kind of wondering if, with with no regular Rebels game, if we're going to see a bigger crowd. I mean, I'm obviously not expecting, you know, the stadium to fill up by any stretch of the imagination, but it'd be interesting to see if uh, we can get a few more uh, people there. I mean, uh, I think there were like three supporters at the last game. <laughs> well, you know? yeah. the, prob- the problem is, and Aaron kind of touched on it, is the Red Bulls were very, very, um, I don't know if disorganized is technically the right word, but they were very late with a lot of news for the for uh, USL. So, like, a lot of people, I don't, I think it was until, like, maybe the week before they found out they can go if they had season tickets and stuff like that. Um, 
One thing I should note is we didn't ask him about this, but at some point uh, the Red Bulls will not be playing – sorry, NY uh, RB2 will not be playing at Red Bull Arena. They will be moving into Manhattan going to play on uh, the campus of Columbia at their soccer stadium up in northern Manhattan. So if you are one of the people that's easier to get to Red Bull Arena, you only have, I think, until maybe like mid-May. And it's like five yeah. home games, I think. So you might want to get out there now. You have the chance. Um, I know – I want to get up there and try to catch a USL game. Uh, it's a little bit harder for me because of the whole Maryland thing, but uh, once it moves into Manhattan, it's going to be almost impossible for me to go because that's going to be way too much of a commute. Um, but, yeah, if you can make it, I'd say go for it. It's a uh, relatively cheap match. It's going to be 3.30, so if you want to do something afterwards, it's not going to kill your kill your evening. And, I th- and actually, since we're talking about uh, attendance, I, I think that the attendance sh- – well, if the – if the interest is there, I don't think the attendance should have been as bad as it was last week because the game started at 2, and the Red Bulls didn't play till 7, and then it was a way match. So there was, you know, a lot of time for people to get back home. And actually, I said this to the guys from what's Metro, what the Red Bulls should have done was petition yourself to move the game to, like, 5, and then held the uh, watch party right after the game at the arena for the Columbus match. But they did not do that, so. No, and maybe it was out of their hands, or who knows. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Who knows? Yeah, but uh, so let's. Yeah, so so, so long. Long story short, uh, it'd be cool if you go, and if you don't, you don't. It, well, but if you go, cool. call Pat so he can go with you. And be like, hey guys, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and if Truman goes, I you need call some friends. <laughs> I need some friends to go to the soccer games. Come pick me up. I need a ride. I need a ride so I can drink heavily. Nah, no, thank you. Uh, I imagine they're not selling as much beer at, that, at those games. Um, all right, but so let's talk a little bit. Oh wait, so hold on. Before we get into this, is there any other wrestling or sorry, soccer stuff that we want to talk about? Uh, uh no. Uh, Josie out the door. Don't tell the ref. Fuck you. Just don't do that. Oh, I guess we sh- I guess we shouldn't uh, mention that Jason Baum is now the senior director of communications for the Red Bulls. Former Rutgers guy. Ooh. Should we mention that? Go are you? Yeah. And the guy in Jason, another guy in Jason and Power. I like it. Was he the guy who got like unceremoniously let go uh, by Rutgers this past yes, year? Yes, sir. He is. Yeah. Yes. Because Rutgers he was got the, trying he got the screw job. They were trying to play him, blame him for some nonsense they did. If I remember correctly. Yes. Yep. He kind of took the fall for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. So welcome, Jason Baum. And if I'm not mistaken, the last day he worked, he was like he had the flu, like for Rutgers. Yeah, so sounds about right. Yeah, it's like well done, Rutgers. Yeah, the Julie Herman era is smashing. And that and that was a preview. Just look at that basketball fans. team. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we're bringing it back, right? We're bringing it back this fall. Oh yeah, I assume you are. Um, <laughs> all right, so I assume that's it for soccer stuff. Sure. Right. All right. Yes. Uh, before, Why not? All right. Before I'm gonna say this before we get to wrestling, so this way everybody can turn us off but still hear this. Go support us, uh, help us fund the show. <laughs> Patreon.com/slash/rbr. Uh, the more money we get, the less wrestling we might actually do, and more soccer. You never know. Uh, <laughs> all right, but now if you don't want to listen to wrestling stuff, you are free to turn off the show. For those of you who are Bye. still around, <laughs> for those of you who hey. are still around, welcome to our mini WrestleMania review. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna lay down for this. You, you go back. You to watch watched Raw, it. Pat. You were there. <laughs> but go go back to watching Raw, Pat. 
Yeah. Pat actually uh, uh, wrestled a bulldog at, at WrestleMania. Was that, was that on the pre-pre-show? Because I didn't see it. That was. He was petting a bulldog, which is along with my friend. That's how he spent most of Oh, so it's a pri- it was a private show. It wasn't even done in the, the network. That's impressive. Yeah, this That's was how, like... You, yeah. made, you, just, you just made it sound creepy. <laughs> Patrick McDonald, you did a private show with a bulldog. <laughs> yes. I'll tell you, that dog, he was big and ferocious. All right, so... Uh, let's start from the beginning. On the pre-show, we had a four-way tag team uh, title match. Yeah. It was Tyson Kidd and Cesaro defeating the New Day, of which was King, Kofi Kingston and Biggie Langston, uh, Los Matadores, and the Usos. And I was it Jimmy or Jay, which everyone had the broken, like the, the busted shoulder. He was out at the beginning, just because they, he can't yeah, wrestle. <laughs> so one, one of the Uso brothers took everybody else on by himself, and actually did a pretty decent job of it. But uh. I think most of us predicted Kid and Cesaro, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. All right. So there you go. Go us. Um, in the in the big sh- in the uh, the Andre the two long named Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Uh, the Big Show won. He last eliminated Damian Mizdow, who himself eliminated the Miz. So Mizdow, but then I'm sorry, you lost to the Big Show. I don't think anybody saw. I was super the Show winning. No, I was super wrong because I said uh, I said Curtis Axel was gonna win. He was like one of the first people thrown out. I think he was the first person thrown out. He was. Everybody threw him out. Gee, I think you. Yeah, I think you said Kane, uh, and I I think the the reasoning was because he was old and getting towards the end of the career, so they give him something. So you you were kind of on the right track. They did give it to an they gave it to an older guy. But yes. I mean, it was it was a pre-show, and no one gave a shit. Honestly, I, I think I said it had, if it had, if it was going to be a young guy, they couldn't squash him following it. So, but right, anyway. yes, you did. All right, so then uh, the first match of the official, uh, which I, I hate that WrestleMania has five hours and uh, hours to pre-show, but the first official match of WrestleMania uh, in a. Ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship. Daniel Bryan defeated the defending champion Bad News, Barrett, R-Truth, Dean Ambrose, Luke Harper, Dolph Ziggler, and, Zar- and Stardust. And I think most of us predicted Bryan or Ziggler winning. I predicted him winning. You predicted Wade Barrett was going to win. That's right. So, you know what it was? I was like, they can't keep changing this title up. But, but they did. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least they didn't have Bryan lose it the next night on Raw. So at least there's that. No. Shockingly. Alright, uh, in the next, in the singles match, Randy Orton defeated Seth Rollins, who was accompanied by J&J Security. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, that had to produce possibly one of the best moments of WrestleMania, the, uh, the RKO to end the match. That was pretty sick. Yeah, RKO off of Curb Stomp. Seriously. So it was Rollins, out of nowhere. Rollins got up there. Yeah. Yep. That was pretty ridiculous. And R- Randy Orton did the crazy like he does right afterwards, which is great. He was, he got very crazy at the end of that match. <laughs> All right, then uh, Triple H defeated Sting in a no disqualification, pinfall, or submissions only match, in which Degeneration X came down and NWO came down, even though the NWO never liked Sting in the first place. Thank you. Exactly. It made absolutely no sense whatsoever. He was in the Wolf Pack. But it wasn't the Wolf Pack. <laughs> it was the Black and White. Uh, Kevin Nash was in the Wolfpack. Okay, but the original the original NWO was Hogan, Nash, and uh, I can't remember his uh, Scott Scott Hall, 
in black and white, and that's who came down. Eh, who fucking cares? The only thing that sucks is they shook hands at the end. Well, that, yeah, that was... Oh, that come was on. Completely ridiculous. Yeah. And and I believe Kevin Nash tore another quad uh, when he got flipped over, too, so that was fun. But at least, he was was able fun. To, at least he was able to walk out to the being truce in the Hall of Fame thing. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was hobbling. Still All hilarious, right. though. The next match was AJ Lee and Page defeating the Bella Twins in a tag team match, meaning that the WWE Divas title was the only title not up for grabs at WrestleMania. So much for give Divas a chance, huh? <laughs> yeah. I will say that uh, I was right when I said that they were going to win, and Pat was right when he said uh, all the men watching were going to win. Mm-hmm. I don't remember who the... What the prop bet was for the length of that match? I think I said like ten. I think I said like seven minutes for that match. So I was kind of close. I yeah. I think I, I said I think I said six minutes, and it was just it was just over six minutes. So it was six, according to Wikipedia, it was six minutes and forty two seconds. Yeah, so I did pretty good there. You know, we actually. I don't think Jimmy ever tweeted out who won the prop bet. Not me. Yeah, I'm gonna tweet it. <laughs> Well, when you wrote Papa Shango for everything, even if it was like how many times chant CM Punk and you just wrote Papa Shango, I think that was the issue. Papa Shango is always the right answer. Right, WWE so needs uh, to hire me. We need a serious dose of Papa Shango. So that before the last three matches of the night, there was a segment between The Rock and Triple H setting up what is probably their WrestleMania 32 match because God knows that they either of them need to keep going. Um, and a possible... Ronda Rousey entrance into WWE when she put her arm lock on Stephanie McMahon. That took that. Right, I, right. I, I, if I am not mistaken, that segment lasted longer than any match on the card. <laughs> I think probably about right. They they wanted it to get dark for uh, Undertaker's entrance, and it still wasn't dark. <laughs> well, they had they did have a match in between. They had John Cena defeating Rusev for the WWE uh, U.S. Championship. Which uh, Rusev coming in on a tank. That was impressive. Oh, that's great. But then John Cena does nothing? I mean, like, that's his thing, is to have, like, troops around him. He should have had... Big events. He should have had... They should have had a bald eagle fly over the ring and just shit John Cena out. That would have been <laughs> impressive. <laughs> oh, Jay, actually, what? Uh, a bunch of speeches by uh, Ronald Reagan wasn't enough for you? <laughs> Wait, it wasn't... No, it was Ronald Reagan, uh, President Obama, President... It was uh, the second Bush. I can't remember which one is. GW. GW, thank you. It's W. Yeah, um, the FDR, I think, was in it too. I don't know. There was like, there was like four guys that they had video clips of. Oh, but speaking of entrances, that was so Vince McMahon. It was. But speaking of entrances, what the hell? Since we we kind of skipped over it, what was with Triple H's entrance being just an ad for the Terminator? It's called Terminator. Uh, it, it was WWE, an ad for a Terminator. lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Like his getup was cool, but like seriously, just come on. I am the game. I must sell out. As as soon as as soon as Arnold Schwarzenegger was involved in Triple H's entrance, I knew there was a Terminator link Be- oh, yeah. between between Triple H getting an award at Arnold's uh, thing in in uh, Indiana or wherever it is, and then this. It was like, all right. But so then uh, let's keep, let's keep it going. Uh, Undertaker defeats Way Bry- uh, Bray Wyatt in a singles match for absolutely nothing, probably squashing Bray Wyatt a little bit in the process. Made absolutely zero fucking sense. There's no reason for The Undertaker to win unless he's wrestling Sting next year. That's the only logical thing is to set that up. But, 
but you could have had him face anywhere else, and you fucking ruined Bray Wyatt yet again. Well, the, here's what's worse. A retirement match is going to happen against a guy who's going to retire the next year. What the fuck is the point? I don't know. Yes. I don't know. To make dumb fans happy. Pastor's agreeing because he doesn't know what we're talking about. <laughs> nope. No clue. <laughs> I will say... I mean, Papa Shango, Papa Shango, Papa Shango. Exactly. Papa Shango, if he interfered with that match, it would have made so much sense. <laughs> I think, I gotta say, I think Bray Wyatt had the entrance tonight, though. Yeah, no, it was cool. It was dark enough, but it was cool. Well, yeah. Um, all right, so last match, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns, interrupted by Seth Rollins, who cashes in his Money in the Bank contract, making a triple threat match, and basically stealing the title off of both of the other guys. Great match. I, Great I finish. Think I, I think, if I'm not wrong, what I think what I said was the only way it works for Lesnar to lose is if Reigns beats him and then Rollins cashes in. This was a much better option than that because it protects yeah, it, Lesnar and Reigns. No, I it was great. Um, I kind of well, I did I did say I said Seth was going to beat Roman Reigns, which happened, but I thought the match was actually going to end, and then Seth would have cashed in. But this was just a absolutely great way to finish the show. You know, Brock then on the next night kills uh, about three people. Um, get, he, and you know, he only got suspended for a triple homicide, which is not bad. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's really not a bad punishment. Wait, no, was it only three? It was four. Yeah, uh, cameraman. Okay, oh, that's true, four, because he What's murdered Michael Cole. And JBL. Uh, cameraman, JBL. Uh, and, um, uh, what's his name? Booker T, murdered. So four people murdered. Did he get J&J at all? Can we, so is that five? Or six? Uh, they were just roughed up. They were roughed okay. up. They weren't. They were not murdered, though. Yeah. So I would I would give it a good rating. I actually very, I enjoyed it. Of course, it's always more enjoyable when you're hanging out with friends. It just makes it that much more fun. Maybe if I was home alone watching, it wouldn't have been as good. Which sadly I did. Right as the show was over, I watched it yet again when I got home. <laughs> Sad, I know. I mean, it's fucking pathetic. But I have no life, so I don't care. But you know, I I did I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good show overall. I thought it was a solid show. Things could have been better, but I think a lot a lot better than thirty from my point of view. It and any idiot, any fucking idiot, and there were idiots out there that believed Ronda Rousey was now going to work in WWE. Morons. Yeah, morons. You don't know what a guest appearance is, right? It's a guest appearance. It's a one-off thing. It's for fun. That that's it. People really thought she, she was going to work in WWE. Clowns. I think I heard more Ronda Rousey chants than CM Punk chants on Raw the next night, which is kind of impressive. Yeah. I'll take Ronda Rousey any night of the week. She is awesome. Awesome, awesome. Yes. I was going to ask should be you, on everything. I was going to ask if you had anything else to add, Pat, before we wrap this up. I want to see the Ronda Rousey-Luna Vachon match. <laughs> oh, I, I'll take, take that. I'll take it. Let's make that happen. Let's make that happen. That's my Luna impression. It's, right. that's pretty, it's pretty much just like growling and being unintelligible. All right, we need to wrap this up. So, uh, anything else you guys want to bring up? Yeah, speaking of unintelligible, that was the show. <laughs> yeah, uh, happy Easter, I guess. Right? Yay! Oh, that's happy right. Happy Easter. But I'd say the the show is intelligible for like the the middle part, but not like the the bookends. Nah, maybe. Yeah, that's, no, that's the normal normal Red Bull rant. Yeah, that's how we be. It's not fun if you can't if you if you can understand us. Um. All right, so let's wrap this up. You you can visit us at onesmetro.com slash red hyphen bull hyphen rant. 
Support our show through Patreon at patreon.com slash RBR. You can email us during the week at redbullrant at gmail.com. You can call us at 973-348-5329. Facebook.com slash redbullrant on Twitter at redbullrant for the show at once underscore a underscore metro for once metro at Dr. Stooge for myself at pmacda2 for Pat at the Truman for Truman. Subscribe to our show via iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or at soundcloud.com slash red hyphen bowl hyphen rant. Any last words before we get out of here? I guess win baby bowls? Yeah, go baby bowls. Yeah, so uh, if you can go watch them. If not, watch them online. Check check out the possible yeah. future of the New York Red Bulls. All right. With, for Pat, Truman, and myself, this was episode number 136 of the Red Bull Rant. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, go Red Bulls. Peace out. Lates.